It's like an exercise. Best flow, most consistent, realest stories, most charisma. I set the most trends, and my interviews are hotter. Holla, You're listening to Quantum Leap Fitness. 97, 98, 99, 100. Whew. Yo, what up, guys? What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of QLF Podcast, your favorite podcast, your trainer's favorite trainer. Um, you know, I'm back, man. I'm back. We're looking at episode six. Once again, the boy JR being famous, but I'm going to hold it down. Um, so, you know, let's have some fun. Uh, today, you know, we're going to have a good show. I'm excited. I'm actually just excited to be back. The reception from last show was crazy. Um, you know, between thank you letters in the email to uh, angry non-black people on Facebook to group my group chats and my phone going off and debates all day. The reception was amazing. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you guys for even taking that time and caring, you know, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to strike a nerve. And then we're going to strike the nerve and we're going to force you to think a little bit. So, um, you know, I appreciate everybody that, that uh, took in uh, episode five, really ran with it, no pun intended, and, um, you know, forced yourself to think a little bit. Um, and, you know, that's what we're here to do. And I'm ready to do it some more, you know, especially with today's episode. Uh, before we get into all of that, uh, you know, uh, once again, thank you guys for, you know, the support. And you guys can catch it uh, on iTunes. Yes, your boys made iTunes. I need y'all support, though. Um, you know, shout out to the people who subscribed already. Shout out to the people who I like, grabbed their cell phones and made them subscribe already. Um, and, you know, the rest of you guys uh, filing in, I appreciate it. You know, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to us. It kind of, you know, it's the engine that helps us keep going. Uh, you know, when you think about what we're doing here, and I, st- I stated this a long time ago. You could look back on my IG feed. I was like, yo, this is going to be something different, man, because nobody's talking like we're talking, man. Nobody's doing what we're doing with this. And, you know, we're the only non- non-whites to own this. So, and, you know, I give this back to you guys, and I'm so happy for, you know, our culture and for us to have this. But, you know, it only it only runs if if you know the machine is behind it. And to be honest with you guys, you guys are my machine. I, I need y'all. As much as, you know, that sounds crazy, because, um, you know, I'm independent business owner and I run my own and yada, 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 I need you guys and to, you know, solar power this. And, uh, and you know, uh, a good friend uh, told me, uh, the people vote with their clicks. Uh, shout out to Rob. The people vote with their clicks, meaning, you know, you put out the product and uh, if people keep clicking on it, you know, that tells you that you, you you keep doing what you're doing. It tells you that you're doing something right, and it tells you to keep going. So, you know, you guys vote with the clicks, and um, and I appreciate that, all right? So today's topic, um, you know, we're going to get into um, talking about health and fitness from a nutrition standpoint. I want to tackle this from the perspective of how the media portrays food to us and I want to tackle it from the idea of 
where the hell are these healthy spots in the hood? And why do we have a Papa John's on every block and, and a Crown Fried on every block and a liquor store on every block? Oh, I swear to you, man, this is sus. Like, this is not a coincidence. But we're going to jump into that in a little bit. Um, before we do that, just like I told you guys last episode, um, we're going to be reading off a couple emails and, you know, a couple questions. And, you know, I'm excited. I got a couple. Um, do about three. Uh, JR's telling me to to wrap it up with the with the intro, so we're gonna do about three of them, and and uh, let's jump into them. All right. So the first email, I'm not gonna read your email because you know you might have stalkers and stuff like that. The first email is from Addy. Addy says, Addy says, basically, I'm I'm gonna paraphrase it. I don't eat enough food to be gaining weight but yet I am can you please explain that yes I can um pretty simple the way the body works is uh even though you're not eating you still have the ability to gain weight solely from the idea that you're probably more than likely uh on the sedentary side meaning not working out as much and since you're not working out as much and you're not eating as much, you still have the ability to gain weight from the lack of activity and the fact that now that you're not eating as much, your body's storing the body fat. So it's storing the body fat because it can't mobilize your body fat if you're not giving it nutrition to help create the energy to do so. So it has to store the body fat for energy. All right, so you're definitely not losing weight, meaning you're not losing weight because you're not eating, and you're potentially gaining weight because you're not eating. Because while you're not eating a lot, you're still taking in enough uh, enough calories throughout the day, and expending no calories throughout the day from you know a physical perspective, that you would still slowly gain weight. All right, thanks, Addy. Next email. Mark says, are steroids really that bad? This is what we're doing now? Are steroids really that bad? I'm interested in trying it because I'm an athlete and I really, really want to... Mark, you got to do better with your punctuation. I'm an athlete and I really want to make it pro, in a sense. I'm paraphrasing because he did too much. Um... I'm mad I got to answer this question. Uh, steroids aren't really bad. No, they're like they're like anything else, man. Like, like once done in moderation, you'll technically be okay. Two, there's actually no long study on steroids, which has been around since 1960s or or earlier, that say that steroids have you know long term effects. They they say they might possibly have long term effects, but there's no definitive answer. There's actually no research for that. So I couldn't sit here and tell you that um you know by doing steroids this is gonna happen to you. Uh and three, I mean it's well documented that that I know juice heads and, and you know I've been around the culture and you know I've watched them use it safely. I like I wrote in a blog, I, I, I remember sitting down in a friend's uh, in a friend's bedroom eating his mom's dinner while he uh, put a syringe together and injected it in his butt. I was young, but you know, whatever, right? So, but you know, he turned out just fine. Great guy. 
Um, but yeah, Mark, uh, you'll 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 be okay. But uh, one thing I will say is I don't know how old you are, but depending on your age, I really suggest that you utilize your natural testosterone now, um, and and before you make a jump like that, you really get into real research. All right. I heard Deca works, though. <laughs> next email, next email. Sherry. S-H-E-R-I. All right. Sherry. Uh, Sherry writes, why, are, why is protein shake so important? And what's the best one I should take? Oh, boy. All right. Um, I want to make this long, uh, long story really short. Protein shakes are super important because the body needs protein. Um, it's a fast way to get protein into your system, looking at, you know, 25, 30 grams per scoop as a supplement. Uh, your body probably needs about 0.7 to, uh, 0.9 grams of protein per body weight. All right. So you want to take that in and, you know, you can consume that by eating, but protein shakes are super important to have because they allow you to get that in really fast, really easy and post workout, right? You don't want you don't want to worry about your post workout meal necessarily uh before you work out your you worry about your protein shake cuz that gets right into the bloodstream and it's a lot faster, a lot more effective. Um uh, my suggestion even though they're not cutting me a check, the best protein to go with is uh whey protein by Optimum Nutrition. Uh have them cut me a check next time. Thanks. All right, guys. That's it for uh, the under the bar corner. See, I just coined the name for this. I, I made it up on the spot. I swear to God. All right. So that's it for the under the bar corner. And let's get into, you know, today's show. Right. Take us out, Jay. Yeah. So let's get into it, man. You know, with the holiday season coming up, it's only right. I feel like it's only right. Um, You know, today's today's show, like I said, it's it's. It's one of those things that I've, I've been thinking about forever, and it bothers me to my core. And you know, I'm I'm happy I, I get a chance to to talk, right? What better way to to free my soul than you know to talk to a mic? But um, yeah. So we want to talk about you know this gap between healthy areas and the poor, and the media impact on negative food. And the reason something like this kills me so much is because, like, I watch it every day, man. Like, I'm tired, man. I'm tired, and I'm and I'm and and the worst the worst part is like when you're health conscious and you actually give a fuck, you're like snobby to everybody else that's not health conscious, so they don't want to hear it. Like, that's the crazy part. Like, health conscious people can really only talk to other health conscious people and 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 have deep conversations. Thank God I get to talk to myself, and you guys just listen, right? So. You know, every single day, it's it's it, it's it's uh, it's one. It's, if it's not one thing, it's another in regards to. You know, some news report about you know how African Americans and Hispanics, Latinos, you know how how they're the leaders of diabetes and hypertension and high blood pressure, and our kids are obese and and. And it's no, and then you got to wonder, like, yo, whose fault is it, right? And then you got to think deep and think about, you know, how the media affects that and how our area, which they actually call, uh, like, you know, if you live in Hood Hood, they call it the food desert, right? On how that affects it and, um, you know, how we're struggling to come out. And, you know, you can't blame, you know, people buying the little Debbie packs and, and all that, you know, 
high sugar, refined processed food. You can't solely blame it on that. I mean, I can't, even though I'm in the I'm in the business of of probably blaming you, right? But I can't because I understand there's so many other factors into this. You know, it's big business behind it. And it sucks. You know, I was doing a lot of research the other day, and my mind was blown out. But I'm, you know, it's crazy because, like, I already knew it. But I do want to start the show off real quick, right? And just let y'all know, because when I found this out, I was like, holy shit, this is like the holy grail. But I was like, they probably don't give a fuck anyway. But the holy grail of, of shitness, right? Oh, sorry, Mom. Is Popeye's chicken is not owned by anybody black. And you know it's crazy because I know, I, I know, I know you're 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 pick your jaw up, right? You know, I was doing this research on, you know, the top ten things that black people uh think are black owned and, and you know, because they're marketed to black people, like, you know, B T and T V one and stuff like that. But Popeyes made the list. And Popeyes is in this category of things that are not owned by black people solely because black people support Popeye's chicken like we raised the farms that that held the chicken themselves like like it's crazy how much we give a fuck about Popeye's man and I'm like I said I don't want to be the old man you know banging on the furnace with this but we gotta do better man we gotta do better this shit isn't even owned by anybody black like white people took Popeye's um, and Church's Chicken, which also is owned by anybody black, from Texas and bought it up here after, you know, they sold the company to some, you know, private company-ass company shit, right? Suits and ties. But then they infiltrate our hood with, with for Popeyes in every, in every zip code, at least four or five of them, and give it to us. They feed us this, right? They, they feed us a bunch of stuff that they wouldn't eat themselves. That's the crazy part. Like, they, they, they feed us Popeyes like nobody's business, and they're all over the hood, and you will not really find, you you won't really find Popeyes in, in you know, upper communities, right? Wealthier communities. Nah, they're, they're not there like that. If they are, it's maybe one per, per town or something like that. Maybe. Here? You you can't drive five miles without running into three, crown fried too. So that's food for thought, man. Cause like you got to sit there and think about it. Like yo, who's putting all these negative ass food in our in our hood? And it's definitely nobody black. That's for damn sure. Now as you're thinking about like yo, who's putting that in the hood like that, and who's putting these things in front of our face? You got to start thinking about the media, right? And you know, I was doing some research on it, and you know how big business is. Yo, you got companies that are spending millions of dollars to buy commercial time slots during black entertainment television programs, your love and hip-hops, your BT shows, even Latino shows, right? Like, you know, like they're spending major money to buy those time slots to promote these less healthier foods to us, right? And 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 nobody's really seeing that. You know, a study came out and talked about how how more than eighty percent of advertisements in children programming are for fast food. Eighty percent. Dogs like like in the matter of an hour, 
kids are seeing kids alone, which means parents too, but kids alone in a matter of hours seeing 11 fast food commercials. Like they spend, they literally spend annually $110 billion, which is more than education, computers, and cars. They spend that much money on promoting media advertising, making sure to be able to target us with, with with this type of food. And the crazy part is, somebody's like, yeah, I mean, but anybody sees that. Nah, nah. According to studies, not everybody sees that. Not the same way. It's not possible. It's not possible. These Black and Hispanics are specifically targeted with these commercials. Why? Because most of these commercials or representations of food that are in our hood, in the poor, in rural areas, in black areas. That's the disturbing part, is how far fast food companies are going to target us and give us this type of food. You know, a study was done in the University of um, Illinois, right, like in Chicago, and the study talked about how uh, fast food chains in predominantly black neighborhoods we're more than 60% more likely to advertise uh, to, you know, kids, teens, and adults than predominantly white neighborhoods. Once again, 60% more likely to advertise towards us than in white neighborhoods. Why? You know, this shit is like a systematic killing, right? And I don't mean to be so, like, brutal with the word... I understand, you know, the depth of that, but this is not a coincidence, right? Like, all right, the blueprint is let's create all these commercials that show a bunch of happy Negroes dancing with chicken nuggets, which is, I swear to God, is all. I was having this conversation with somebody. I don't think I've ever seen a commercial with a white person eating a chicken nugget. Literally only black people like McDonald's. I didn't know. I literally didn't know that only black people when we're the minority, like McDonald's. That's it. We, let's put Mary J. Blige on the Burger King commercial. I think it was Burger King, right? And have her rapping, singing, rapping about chicken nuggets. Let's, um, you know, let's get LeBron James to, to rap some McDonald's. Let's get some popular black people, right? And then let's get some rapping Negroes. I remember... This one blew my mind. Like, I remember there was, like, a series of McDonald's commercials, I think, where they were rapping in every commercial. I was like, why everything, why everything got to be some jazzed-out, funkin' blues, Negro fest over some Quarter Pounders? Like, this isn't coincidence. And why all these things come on during black entertainment shows? Food for thought, you do the dishes, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, things like that, that it's deep. It's, like, it's so deeply rooted that nobody's even paying attention to it. And, you know, I wish people did. I wish people paid attention to, you know, the fact that that uh, there are more than 6,000, you know, restaurants around the country. And more than 20% of the restaurants and 31% of chain of restaurants use, tar- use marketing tactics 
that directly affect kids and directly affect teens. And now they got into, you know, your phone and, and your iPhone and they all these fucking coupons that, that these kids and, and preteens and us can buy. And then they turn around and say, you guys are so unhealthy. You guys are obese. Black people are obese. Black people suffer from this. Black people suffer from that. And then you, you try to get insurance and you can't get it. Food for thought, man. You do the dishes. It's crazy, like, when you really think about this, man. Just from a media standpoint, you know, we really want to target that and we want to tackle that. And, you know, once again, I hate giving problems without solutions. Um, And then you say, hey, Irv, so what do we do? Because clearly it's on our TV screen. Um, I mean, I I think this is a matter of knowledge. You know, this is definitely a knowledge situation where the more you know, the better. And where you decide that you want to start making healthy choices. And then you just train with me and then, you know, I'll I'll teach you. But until then, we learn that Popeye's isn't our friend. She's not even from New New Orleans. The the Popeye's girl isn't even from New Orleans. It's like, she's not even real. She's a fictional character that they conjured up, some coon shit that they conjured up, told her to give an accent and sell us chicken. Un- unreal, man. I get I get emotional, man. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> I get emotional over this, man. I, I feel like I'm like Minister Farrakhan of, of, of food. I've been watching the Breakfast Club interview with Minister Farrakhan probably like three times a day, I swear to God. Uh, don't ask me why. But anyway... You know, it's it's one of those things that you know we gotta empower ourselves, and we gotta we gotta have the type of knowledge, and we gotta know that that there's better food in this world than the crown fried on every block, and the liquor store on every corner, and you know the Popeyes in 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 a five mile radius where you can run into about seven or eight of them. Right, um, the Burger King, the McDonald's. You know, you can't tune them out of your television, but you, you got to be woke and you got to know, like, yo, they're, they're really out for the shits. They're making money off the off the lives of black people. You know, it's easy. It's easy. They're making they're making money off the lives of us, and they're putting us in a position where if you keep showing us this. It's only right, it's only natural, it only makes sense that we're going to run to it. Like, if all we're seeing on our television is all this trashy food, less activity, we're spending more time in front of the, the, the TV screen and on our phone, we're working out less. You keep showing all of this, this. It's only right that we're going to run to you, give you our money, then in return you're going to feed us cancer, you're going to feed us diabetes, you're going to feed us hypertension, and then you're going to deny us service at your local hospital. Where you want that 70-year-old lady to go, man? She got gout now. Come on, man. And, you know, this food desert, it, it, it all goes back to the same place on how they market us and, you know, how they how they treat us. And, and it's disheartening because... At the end of the day, they're they're low key killing us, but it's still our fault. 
right? And I want to use that, you know, to to bridge into how target marketing works and why companies use target marketing. Whether, you know, it's the billboard or the the sign at the bus stop or television, this is important because, you know, we got to understand how we can stop it, right? Because a lot of it is racist acts, right? And food and beverage companies use target marketing because it works. You know, they know that youth of color are their coveted target audiences. They know that, right? They're the first to adapt new technology. They consume more media than their white peers. And I'm just being completely honest, not saying that, you know, the white side is, is the slow side, but being black is, is oddly enough the biggest influencer in the world. Hence the consistent pimped up and hold down idea, right? But that also goes for, you know, being Hispanic, right? You know, there's an idea that black and Hispanics are media junkies. Like, we, we live on the phone. We love our phones. And target marketers know this. And they exploit it. You know, they target the youth. They target us, um, you know, people of color, hoping that we use the product ourselves and eventually pass on the brand loyalty to our friends. All that chain gang, all that you know, in a sense, marketing and um and hierarchy of, of this poll of you pass it on to your friend, you pass it on to your friend, your Instagram, your your Facebook, your Twitter, they know. Marketers know. They know how to kill. They're killing us by making us do it ourselves. Right? They know that youth of color and us, you know, not even only youth, can make products seem dope. Like they know that this is what we do. They know that. They know that, you know, African-American teens in particular, you know, are trendsetters. They know that. And the ability for us to to shape the culture is really, really critical for them, right? It's no surprise that, you know, Coca-Cola has all these things, you know, refresh refresh your flow and, and, you know, the hip-hop tours and these street teams and, you know, they promote things at the Boys and Girls Club, all these soda companies. And this shit isn't, isn't you know, rocket science. And they're not low either, right? And then you got to ask yourself, are they wrong? Um, they're definitely wrong because they're perpetuating, you know, these stereotypes. You know, there, there was an ad a long time ago, I'm pretty sure mostly I don't remember it, where... This shit was like ten years ago. Where this guy, he was um like Chris Rock. I think I, his name was like Miles Thirst. Right, he was a pitchman for Sprite, in back in like '04, and you know he had the afro and the gold chains and the baggy jeans, and he ended you know the commercial with "Show him your motto," like you know in slang, right? "Show him your motto," and that was a slogan, and that was for Sprite. And you know that 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 tour happened around you know the LeBron James area, and it became really really popular, and it was like the thing. And what they're doing is they're using all of these to exploit you know cultural identities. Like they they're really just exploiting the hood with with this stuff, and that's that's racist. That's racist acts. Right? I don't care what you say or who you are. It's racist, right? And it's also effective. 
because it's dangerous, right? It taps into the idea of what it means to be a member of, you know, a certain group. And once they've tapped into this idea and make you feel wanted, it's like that's what they do. They make us feel wanted and they make us feel like they care. And they, you know, they use clues and they use symbols and linguistic styles and and music to link to the culture and all this hip-hop stuff. And then they target us. And um, after they get everything they want out of us, they set a price point. And they set a price point that's relatively affordable because, you know, the food the, the food or the beverage is trash, right? So they'll roll out this price point at, like, 99 cents for uh, a fucking 48-ounce Arizona can. And we run it out. I'm not going to lie to you. When I was, like, 17, me and my mans, we used to run through Arizona's, like, nobody's business. But whatever, right? But now you got to ask someone, like, what can be done about this? Simple, right? Target marketing does work. I agree. But they don't hold all the power, right? Far from it. You know, the youth of color, right? I just like to say the youth of color, you know, super sophisticated group. I, I, I tell people all the time, I honestly think this is the smartest generation of kids ever. As much bullshit that we see on Facebook, no, this is actually the smartest generation of kids. They, do we do dumb things? Absolutely. But the smartest generation, sophisticated generation, just off the strength that this generation is so heavily um, ran by media users, right? And the way to overcome marketing tactics like such are to be wise on their intention and keep challenging these campaigns. That's really what it has to do. That's really what we have to do. We have to keep challenging these campaigns because they re- they respond to bad publicity. You know how many times on Twitter somebody gets fired because cause a bunch of people on Twitter starts adding that person's employee when they make a wild comment? Or, you know, how many times we've, we've seen celebrities literally apologize in a matter of hours just because we kept badgering the situation? It has to be the same thing for how they promote to our people, Right? Once you once you see this inequality happening um, in regards to how they promote to us and to others, once you see how, you know, they put Benjamin Franklin in a do-rag and run him during, during an episode of, of Love and Hip Hop, these things have to be addressed, right? The ad will, you know, it, it's, it's racist and you force them to take it down. And I think this is one of the, big things that we actually have to do because we actually have that type of power, right? You know, all these companies have ran some type of sus act, some type of sus ad at one point in time. And, you know, now's the time where we really have to say, you know what, I'm grabbing the blood horn and I'm letting them know that that shit is not, it's not lit. Like, that's not the way it is, all right? So if we want them to stop, we got to make them stop, guys. And see, you know, you guys follow me a lot, and I joke about Popeyes all the time. I, I hate your church's chicken. I hate your fucking KFC. I hate your fucking, your, your fucking golden crust. Like I joke about that type of stuff all the time, right? And and you know, I don't do it because you know I'm solely an asshole. Because I understand that there is an onus that we have to put on, you know, the uh, 
socioeconomic lines that that we're not seeing or the structural racism that we're not seeing. I understand that. And, you know, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. It's not even to to beat us up. It's it's really to, to create the conversation and start making us think outside the box and, you know, do what we have to do in the positive. And if that means going to um, those, you know, rich, gentrified areas now and, and telling them, you know, fuck off, give us some good stuff in here too. And that's what we're going to do. And that's funny with the gentrified areas when you really think about it. I, I have, you know, I talked about it last time, Addy. I remember one time we were chilling in Brooklyn and we we went to like, I guess what was like a gentrified area of Brooklyn. And it was nothing but like these amazing coffee shops and healthy spots. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, this is right off of Flatbush. And, you know, that area got t- taken over by, by you know, our, our friends, right? And the Christopher Columbuses, right? So it got taken over. And I was like, yo, why is all this healthy shit like right here and right across the line of Flatbush and and I was working at until then, right across the line is nothing but trash, right? And and the crazy part about gentrification, because I'm I'm a little off topic too, because it really just hit me, is they implement they implement you know these higher these higher rent prices or whatever the case may be. Um, Christopher Columbus's come into the into the facility and into the area and we start slowly migrating out, mainly because the cost of living starts to rise, right? And the cost of living is starting to rise and our minimum wage is barely moving and and, you know, just the, the overall ability to to uh to make it in that that subculture, it's lesser, slowly. And now at this point, you know, all, all your Christopher Columbus people are, are, are in this area. And to keep them there, they have to start building, you know, these healthy food spots, right? These healthy supermarkets, these healthy, these healthy coffee shops and, and all these great things, these little diners, then boutique, um, you know, green tea spots. And they start building those little things in that area, right? And then right across the line, over Flatbush is a Golden Crust, a Dunkin' Donuts, Manas before it closed down, um, a Haitian spot, shout out to my Zos, and like two more Jamaican spots with rude ladies. Right? And so now, this is right over the line. Like, it's not even like I'm moving miles away for this. It's right over the line. And that's what I mean, you know, when I talk about the um the social economic lines and the 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 racial, you know, injustice that goes on. Um I just want to clear that up. But yeah, that it comes from, you know, the idea that lower income areas we we lower income areas, we actually tend to be more than a mile away from the nearest grocery store according to researchers. And with the lack of transportation how do you plan on getting there, right? So now you're more likely to shop in areas that are closer to your to your house, right? And since the FDA and, and the government are, are failing us on providing us quality food, if we're living in poverty-riveted areas or even just underprivileged, right? Poverty is such a strong word. You, we're going to have the easiest access to 
uh, processed foods and high caloric foods and limited resources and fast food industries that don't give a fuck because all their menus are the same, just who has less or more grease, right? Because they're targeting us all the same, which I, you know, I talked about a little earlier. And all of this is going to help to contribute to the fact that obesity is disproportionately high when it comes to African Americans and, and Hispanics and, you know, just my brown people, basically, right? And the fact that there's multiple ways that the economic inequality could take a toll on us, right? From, you know, gout syndrome to hypertension and and just the overall American health, at least, you know, African-American health, you know, it all contributes to our decline in, you know, life expectancy, our, our, decline in just being productive in society. And I feel like rather than addressing these issues, you know, they, they just give small-ass measures to improve the, the, the nutritional choices amongst, you know, low-income uh, areas and rely on the government as a safety net, right? Like, they, they just give us dumb shit, right? right? So they do a couple things to make us happy, and that, that's it. But then they'll block our food stamps, right? I don't have them. I should have them. But then they'll block our food stamps and not allow us to go get hot food or quality food in different areas. It's like it's all a setup, and it's it's unfortunate because that's actually what we go through on a daily. And while I don't have a problem with with, um, non-people of color, because I have friends that are non-people of color, (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't have a problem with, with any of these guys, right? It bugs me how, you know, go figure how certain zip codes are, are related back to certain income, right? And then if you relate certain zip codes back to certain income, they're going to implement certain stores in those areas. And, and Trader Joe's is actually relatively affordable, right? It's not like we're walking around saying, oh, my God, we don't even want a Whole Foods in here because they're triple the price of, of you know, the place that sells all the Debbie cakes. That's, that's not really it. Trader Joe's is relatively affordable. But they're not putting any Trader Joe's in these areas, right? Like, they, there has to be a mandate to actually put Trader Joe's in underprivileged areas because it's not about the price. If you give us the right amount of education, that, that's my job. If we get the right amount of education to our people about how to cook healthy, how to live healthy, how to eat healthy, we'll take it from there and we'll run with it, seeing that we're the leaders of what's supposed to be the free world, right? And the fact that they're not putting these places in there, I did a, I, you know, I did a little background checkup or whatever. New York City has about um, 11 to 12 Trader Joe's, I believe. 11 and 12, and they're all in upper-class areas, you know, zip codes that are equated to, to um, you know, bigger incomes, right? And in with Whole Foods, which is even worse, it's disgusting with them, in New York City and Whole Foods, the average income of, of where a Whole Food is in New York City is around seventy five to seventy eight thousand dollars. That's the average um, income, 
right, of that zip code. Bruh, how? 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 <laughs> right? Like, how is that possible, right? How is that possible for us, and how does that benefit us? It, it doesn't, because there's a very good chance we do not live in that, in that mean that we're talking about or in that average that we're discussing. So now we're shopping on Union Square at a Whole Food, but we live in the Bronx. So I got to get on the train and take two to three of the mothers and go to the Bronx and carry five to seven bags and then bring them back to my hood. That's not practical. So now you put us in a bubble. And then now in this bubble, because you won't put anything quality in that bubble, you throw in a bunch of crown frieds and you throw in a bunch of of golden crust and you throw in a bunch of Popeyes and you're like here here's food take it like just take the food here's food and and at the end of the day we're slowly dying by this and you know from the way the media markets to us the way you know it's happening on our TVs on online and our phone then you have to look at the way the government is low key playing us like there's two parts right and the fact that we don't see a whole foods like that or we don't we barely see a trader joe's like that depending on where you live in or you know we barely see these health boutique cafes that are in gentrified brooklyn right you don't see that and you know questions have to have to be risen, and that's where you know new policies have to be in effect and you know I guess for that part, you know for whenever you're voting on whoever you're voting for, these are the issues that we should be you know discussing right We should be discussing issues like this. I don't mean to get political and and jargony in that aspect because i'm the the least political guy um but I am saying that that a change has to happen. It has to happen with us. Um, but, you know, all of this is food for thought. And, you know, I'm I'm happy that it gives me the ability, that I have the ability and the platform to share this. You know, hey, thank you for tuning in. Uh, this is your boy Irv. Share, retweet, Facebook it over, IG it. Honestly, I was having a great conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend. And, um... The only way this pops is if it gets to your friends and the people, right? Like, like we literally have it's spreading a word. Like, this is spreading the word. This is the gospel. I'm giving the fucking gospel, right? And we have you can't keep it. Like, you can't keep what I'm giving you to yourself. You literally have to send it to somebody. That's how this works. You have to listen, then send it. So send it to your friends. Um, retweet it. Share it. Uh, let's get the word out, man. That's what this platform's about. Um, you know, thank you guys for tuning in uh, for another week of uh, QLF Podcast, uh, the Food Desert Edition. I appreciate y'all. And, you know, let's be great. Let's get rid of Popeyes. And um, let's tell Mary J that she's a fuckboy for singing about chicken nuggets. We didn't forget. All right. Uh, guys, don't forget to leave your leave um, your questions, your comments, complaints in in my email. I will be responding to them. I will be um, airing them on the next show. So if you call me a fuckboy, you'll probably hear me read your email saying that you called me a fuckboy. All right. Um, this is Irv signing out. Oh, my tags just because um, my email address is quantumleapfitness at gmail dot com. Um, my Twitter is Zeus of QLF. My f- Facebook is um, Irv.
Hyperlight. Um, my Instagram is um, Quantum Leap Fitness. And my Snapchat is only for the ratchet work, so it's not important. Or maybe if your Snapchat is popping, send it over to my email. <laughs> Thanks. Peace, peace. Quantum Leap Fitness.